biodynamics is my life. It is the thing I feel so passionate about. I feel excited every morning to wake up and come to work. I practice biodynamics in my home garden as well. So it is something you can do on any scale. And um, it just fills me with joy. Welcome back to our week on Tinja Farm with the Low Family Wines and all the associated activities that happen on this amazing property in Mudgee. Today's guest is Kesh Moodley. Kesh is the organic and biodynamic field officer here at Tinja Farm. That sounds like a pretty official title, but Kesh is definitely getting her hands dirty, uh, playing with lots of interesting potions. Uh, Kesh, welcome to Dirty Lynn and so great to have you here. Hi Danny, thank you. And when I say great to have you here, I'm really on your spot. So thank you for having me here on Tinja Farm to learn about what you do. Oh, it's been wonderful to have you guys here and share all of our knowledge and experience with you. Um, Thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's really well said because it does feel like there is so much knowledge and experience here and such a diversity of skills and passions that people bring to their work. Tell us about what you do here. So I am the Organic and Biodynamic Field Officer. And as you said, that is quite a mouthful. It sounds very official, but it's a a very long way of saying I um, get to be out on the vineyard mucking around with um, cow manure and cow horns and uh, talking to the grape finds. So I um, practice biodynamics here on Tinja. Biodynamics is a holistic farm management system where the whole farm is considered as an individual. Like you and me, we are individuals, so too is the farm. It has its own identity. And um, we liken the farm to the human body in biodynamics, you have your skin that protects you. That is the outer layer of the earth's surface. You have your your lungs that allow you to breathe. Those are the trees that breathe for the earth. Um, You have your digestive system that helps you process food. That is the soil. That's the microorganisms that live under the soil. And just as you are an individual, so too is the farm and the farm needs to be treated as such. So here on Tinja, we try to use all of our waste products and turn them into fertilizer to create a closed loop system where um, everything gets fed back to the land in order to enrich the soil and bring um, nutrients and balance to the whole system. So, I mean, yesterday I had the great pleasure of walking around the farm with you and you showed me your shed with some of the amazing preparations. You showed me your blue tubs with their stinky potions. I mean, um, biodynamics can sound pretty woo-woo to people who aren't embedded in it and seeing the results on the land. Like, what are some of the... Tell us about some of your potions. Like, what's, are there some key uh, preparations that you use in biodynamics? Yes, so in biodynamics, we rely on the um, set of nine biodynamic preparations, PrEP 500, 501, all the way to 508. And these are uh, an, a number system that was used to name the PrEPs 100 years ago. But um, they all have a different role to play on the farm. PrEP 500 is horn manure. It's made by taking fresh Cow, um, fresh cow dung from a lactating cow, stuffing it into a cow horn and burying it underground for six months over autumn and winter when the earth breeds in. And after six months when the 
Kwanzaa unearthed, the manure is transformed into a beautiful, dark, rich soil improver that we can then put out onto the land. So PrEP 500 works with the soil microorganisms, it increases the diversity of microbes, it increases the population of earthworms within the soil, it brings um, an enlivening effect to the soil and the soil microorganisms. That preparation is balanced by preparation 501, which is made from quartz silica and it's sprayed into the atmosphere, it's sprayed onto the leaves of the plant. PrEP 501 being made out of quartz silica acts as tiny little magnifying glasses to intensify the power of the sun and help the plants to be better and more efficient at photosynthesis. We also use PrEP 501 to help ripen the fruit. Um, if we need to pick earlier or later, depending on how vintage is going. And um, various other preps as well, PrEP 502, 3, 4, 5, 6, and 7, they're one set of herbal preparations made from different plants. So we use plants like chamomile, valerian, nettle, um, dandelion, oak bark, and each one has a different role to play within the compost heap, but also once that compost is put on, onto the land, they play a role um, at that point as well. Yeah, it's, it's, really, it's really incredible. And it also sounds a bit strange when you don't really understand it. Like, do you see the impacts of these preparations on the plants? Absolutely. We definitely do see an enlivening effect on the soil. PrEP 501, the quartz silica spray, we see the change happen on the vineyard in real time. Within a matter of days, we're able to ripen fruit by a bome or two. Um, we're able to see the effects of um, PrEP 501 in, in times of storm as well, when we have hail and things like that. 501 can help to strengthen the plants. The preparations as well, we use them in such small quantities PrEP 501 is used at 85 grams to the hectare. So it seems like a tiny amount of preparation for such a large area, but still we're able to see the effect on the land. It's incredible. Um, and I know that the moon is really important and, and some other planets, I believe. Like, I cannot understand... I, I, I feel like I can almost grasp that because you can see the effect the moon has on tides, for example. But how does the moon affect plants? So the moon, as you said, um, we can see the effect as it moves the tides in and out. So the moon has an effect on bodies of water, correct? You are also a body of water and so too is a plant. So you're about 80% water. A plant can be up to... 90% water um, and so the moon is moving that body of water on a tiny cellular level plant sap it's moving up and down the plant and um, yeah moon <laughs> the moon matters the moon matters there are cosmic forces all around us that working with plants um, Rudolf Steiner who is known as the father of biodynamics he believed that by harnessing cosmic forces, we are able to enhance plant growth and help the plants to be stronger and healthier by themselves. Um, so that's why we use the Antipodean astral calendar to track the phases of the moon. We track the cycles of the moon, not just from new moon to full moon, but we track as the moon ascends in the sky and then descends 
That's a rhythm that follows itself in two-week periods. The ascending moon is when growth forces are focused above ground, all parts of the plant above the ground. And so we will put out seeds, we'll put out foliar sprays. Um, in the descending moon cycle, the growth forces are focused below the ground. So we will apply compost, we'll plant out seedlings, we will make propagations and, and do pruning, um, put out soil sprays in that time. So working with the rhythms of the moon and other cosmic bodies like Saturn allows us to enhance plant growth and make our plants stronger and healthier. I mean, it sounds, I mean, there's obviously um, a lot of science and chemistry and uh, to what you're talking about, but it also sounds like it's pretty emotional, especially when you think about the land as uh, as a person, as, as this, um, you know, creature that exists and that you have a relationship with. What are some of the feelings that you have as you go around doing your work? It, it, it is really, really interesting. At first, when you come to this work, it might seem a bit out there um, and it seems hard to get into this idea of communicating with the land and communicating with the plants. But the more you do it, the more a connection develops and the more you can feel when the land is ready for the preparation, when the plants are excited to receive the, the preparations. And in the same breath, you can also feel when it's a bad day to put a spray out. I have, I've been put in my place before. I've had everything planned and ready to go and then I get here and um, nothing's working. You know, um, the flow form doesn't want to start or um, there's a technical issue or something and it, and it always ends up being that it was not the right day to spray. Big storms come through after or, um, you know, it's just not been the right day, the right conditions. That's so interesting. And what about the impact it has on your feelings? Like, you know, have, do you have, you know, you're having a bad day and does the land speak to you? Absolutely. Um, recently, I was not well and I had a biodynamic spray day planned. Um, so soldiered on, came to work and I put the flow foam on, put the prep in and actually communicated my um, emotional state to the preparations. I said, look, I'm coming to you today with all that I have. I'm not feeling well, my energy is low, but I'm giving you everything I have and let's do this. Let's go out there and get this done. And put, loaded up the prep into the tractor, went off into the vineyard and within two minutes I was ecstatic, I was happy, I was joyous. It brought me to tears that day because my mood changed so much. And that was because of the plants. That was the vineyard helping me. That's very profound. I guess, you know, a lot of people could relate to the, the connection with nature and, and, you know, that sort of exchange of feelings. You know, you go into a forest and you feel peace or you feel inspiration or you have space to have thoughts that maybe you weren't expecting. I mean, you're engaging with this every day. Like, do you think there is a way that, you know, I or someone else who lives in a city who's not growing the way that you are, like, can we connect in the same way? Is there a path for us? Absolutely. Danny. I didn't start off on the land. I started with one house plant, one little house plant, and it grew from there. Um, and I found that having green and living plants all around me really helped um, it helped to calm me. It helped me to feel um, a sense of peace in a concrete jungle. Um, at the time I was living in Taiwan when I discovered my love for houseplants and that traveled with me to Australia. And um, yeah, so for anybody living in a city, 
Try to plant a tiny little balcony garden if you can. Get some house plants. Try and go out into nature in the weekend, um, over the weekend. Um, you know, get into the ocean as well. You know, the ocean is part of nature too and has a really, really calming effect on the body. Um, and breathe. Just breathe. Try to be present. Try to breathe. Um, and just feel. Feel what's happening around you. So, Kesh, it sounds like you've had a pretty interesting journey that you probably didn't, when they asked you at school what you wanted to be, you might not have said organic and biodynamic field officer. Tell us about your journey. Um, so, you're absolutely correct. I never, ever thought that I would come to this work, not even for uh, a second. Um, I started off um, studying architecture straight out of high school. I wanted to do something creative. Um, didn't really know what that looked like at the time and architecture seemed like a good good calling. So um, studied, studied um, so I completed a degree, a degree in architectural studies and started working in my field, but I just found it to be so boring. I was um, tied to a desk for eight hours of a day working on um, working drawings and construction drawings and I just really wanted to travel and um, see the world so I um, applied for jobs overseas, got a job teaching English in Taiwan and um, moved to Taiwan in 2012. I lived there for seven years, I taught English at a kindergarten level which was so wonderful, uh, traveled all around Southeast Asia, had a blast and then um, five years ago came to Maji in pursuit of a career in organic winemaking and viticulture. and. Um, met David here at Lowe's. This was the first place I came because they were organic and um, told him that I wanted to learn winemaking and viticulture and he introduced me to biodynamics and something clicked in my brain at that moment and it was, I knew at that moment that that's the thing that I was supposed to do. Um, yeah. Wow, that's great. Fast forward five years um, down the line and here I am. So what's, I mean, we haven't talked much about wine. Like where does wine fit in for you? What, what makes you passionate about wine? And yeah, do you see it, that is part of your pathway forward? I love wine. Wine, I think, is the thing that actually brought me here. My curiosity about wine, what makes it what it is, why it can be so different, even though it's the same grape varietal. And all of those questions lingering in my brain um, led me to want to learn winemaking. And um, it's still a big part of my life. Love, love drinking wine. The making of the wine part, though, is uh, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, it's, the, the winery is a very sterile environment and I love my microbes way too much. <laughs> so um, love the creative process of making wine, love drinking wine, love learning about it and understanding it, but uh, might have to stick to the land. It's so interesting, like what a place, um, you know, and what a person David must be to um, see something in you or bring you in when it, it isn't what you thought you were going to be doing here. Like how do you, how would you describe this community of people who are working on all these different projects that somehow coalesce? Yeah, it's absolutely wonderful. Honestly, being out here on Tinja is amazing. There's so many people with different interests and um, David and Kim are so encouraging as well. They really want us to explore um, all avenues of interest. For me, it was biodynamics and the transition from the cellador to the farm was pretty easy because I had that passion. Um, so David was happy to encourage me um, in that direction 
um, yeah. I, I, I get the feeling that there's probably no typical day for you, but like, for example, what are you up to today? Well, today in preparation for the rain, I'm going to be opening up all of the compost heaps. I want them to catch the rain, um, get a little bit of additional nitrogen in as well, and then tomorrow I'll turn them and close them up. But yeah, um, as you said, every day is different. I work according to the biodynamic calendar as well, and according to what the weather is doing. Um, and there are so many different parts of my job that need taking care of. There's the compost, there's the preparation making, gathering of the ingredients to make the preps putting out the preparations, making all of the different ferments and working with other systems of regenerative viticulture as well. Um, so it's really fun, really, really exciting. Tell me about your pit, if that's the right term for yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> um, so the biodynamic pit we have just in front of the cellar door um, and that's where we bury the cow horns. So in autumn, we put the cow horns filled with cow manure into the ground for six months. And then in the springtime, if we need to, we can make prep 501, which is quartz silica ground up, made into a slurry, put into the cow horn, and then buried underground over spring and summer. And we also make the CPP in the pit. So that's cow manure, eggshell, and basalt dust um, that's dynamized for an hour and put into the pit with a set of biodynamic compost preparations and that's left for three to six months depending on um, the weather and yeah the, the pit is really awesome we use it to make all of the preparations it's open on the bottom so the preparations are always in contact with the earth and drawing in forces from the earth um, as they age and mature goes undergo their transformation and you mentioned flow form and dynamism, um, and I think they're related. So tell me about this, um, yeah, the way that you move the slurries. Yeah, so all of the preparations need to be stirred through the flow form or by hand before they go out onto the land. Preparation 500, which is the horn manure, and 501, which is horn silica, those preparations go through the flow form for one hour. Um, the CPP and our casarina antifungal preparation, they go in for 20 minutes. And the preparations need to be moved in a vortex pattern. So they need to be stirred in a figure eight, essentially, to, um, to mimic the nature of the universe, essentially, order and chaos. Um, so putting the preparations through the flow form is also a way to open the water. So water holds memory. We want to open the water. We want to structure it in a certain way that it can better absorb the energy of the preparations, hold that energy in suspension as we put the preparations out onto the land. And um, we are also oxygenating the water and the preparations at this time, which helps to proliferate the microbes, if you're looking at it from a scientific perspective. Um, so there's lots of different reasons that the flow form is used. Right. So I saw the flow form and it looks like a sort of cascading series of specially shaped sinks that I suppose as the liquid goes in, it's sort of driven in that um, figure eight uh, shape and then it drops down to the next one. There's like four or five of them and then goes, goes down into a pool at the bottom. Yeah, it's really interesting. Another thing I wanted to pick up on is you mentioned Casarina, like, because it, 
do you think that there are Australian versions of some of these biodynamic preps that were developed in Europe? Um, well, yeah, they, uh, there's a lot of research going into that. A lot of people are trialing different alternatives um, to the biodynamic herbs um, and even some of the biodynamic animal parts. So um, for us here in Australia, casuarina is a native tree and high in silica. Um, this is why we use casuarina. We use the needles and we, we, we extract the silica and we use that for its antifungal properties. In Europe, the equivalent is horsetail or equisetum. That's the official biodynamic 508 preparation. We've used the alternative of casuarina. I know um, in parts of um, Asia, they use water buffalo horns and hooves as opposed to cow horns and hooves. And especially here in Australia, it's getting harder to get cow horns because um, cows are dehorned um, early on in their lives. And um, so people are, you, biodynamic practitioners are using hooves as well, experimenting with that. And I've had a few people ask me, what about the kangaroo bladder? What about the kangaroo skull instead of... Um, using the cow skull or using the stag's bladder. But um, I'd say a lot more kind of research needs to be done and a lot more recording of the effects. Yeah, so interesting. What an interesting space. So do you see yourself as sticking around here for ages, Kesh? I mean, is, is biodynamics your life now? Yeah, absolutely. Biodynamics is my life. It is the thing I feel so passionate about. I feel excited every morning to wake up and come to work. I practice biodynamics in my home garden as well. So it is something you can do on any scale. And um, it just fills me with joy. Well, it's definitely filled me with joy to spend some time in your orbit. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us. Yeah, very mind-opening and exciting to think that I can carry some of this with me every day. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.